minutes from wherever you are. What you need to know is I'm having a paleta right now. How about that? Oh, nice, nice, nice. I just was in the mood for one, and I had one uh, from the store. But anyway, <laughs> take it away, Lynn. Thanks, Adano. <laughs> All right, so I saw this story on KTLA today, and I thought it would be a good, like, you know, uh, public service announcement. A disturbing new trend is targeting Southern Californians as scammers are pretending to be deputies from the L.A. County Sheriff's Department. While these phone scams have been around for quite a while now, uh, due to all kinds of information that is available at people's fingertips, the modern versions of these scams are growing increasingly sophisticated and convincing to unsuspecting victims. A lot of people are getting these scam phone calls um, from people. They, they sound like they're very authoritative. They create a sense of urgency. They're demanding money, um, saying people have warrants out for their arrest. So, you know, a lot of people are even, like, going back and doing their due, delig- due and diligence. And they target elderly people. Right. Man. Like, this one woman said, oh, I went back and I looked up the phone number and it matched with the L.A. County Sheriff's Department. So what? I thought it was legit. Because, yeah, now yeah, they, they can clone the number. Yeah, they can clone, clone the number. Yeah. Right. Oh, right. And so, yeah, like, it's getting crazy. So be careful out there. It's like the I've had West. my own number call me. That's crazy. What? That, which is ridiculous. Right. Like, it's like, okay, clearly, I, it's just, this is going to be something that's suspicious. Right, right. Well, that's the thing they do. They clone it to where it looks like a number that you know, and it's like, oh, I think I know who that number is, and then you answer, and it's like something mm-hmm. else. I know. never answer. Well, I don't answer the phone either. I don't answer. Well, I mean, answer. I never answer the phone if I don't have it in my, in my yeah. already saved in my phone, yeah. except... When the area code is 860. Oh, so to say that, Bristol, we answer right away. That 860 area code, There's only, I know it's somebody that yeah. needs to talk to me, and I probably should pick this yeah, one up. Because nobody's cloning Bristol, Connecticut phone numbers. <laughs> <laughs> now, now you just let, gave the scammers a piece of info about you that's oh, going to make them Oh, call. yeah, yeah. That, that, that'll do it. Yeah. I'm sure they're going to go <laughs> and George seek Sedano. out Bristol, Connecticut. Yeah, yeah. that's the one. Um, because there's only so many people that are going to be able to know that. Listen, there's only a couple thousand people that know that 860 area yeah. code, like in the sense of that they need to pick it up when they see that, you know, on their phone. And I'll answer so. 305 because you never know. That's a good time right there. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. That's the 90 minutes from wherever you are. Uh, thank you, Linz. Appreciate it. So. Are you okay, George? That coffee's still kicking in? You still good? You know, it's weird. You off. sound good. I went, I went for the paleta. But did you take the ibuprofen, as I suggested? Oh, you know, I did forget that. I, I but know. the headache went away. The yeah. headache went away. Oh, and my boy okay. Lowe sends him. I sent you the, what he told you to take, too. I texted you the medicine that he think, he recommends for you. So everybody has oh, uh, solutions for Sedano. Oh, I just saw this now. Okay, thank yeah, you. Yeah, my boy Lowe Sandoval. He's like, he needs that right there. Everybody, okay. Everybody's concerned with Jorge. Okay, gracias. Yeah. Um, all right. So, Beto. Yo. How much is riding on this season for the Dodgers? What do you mean? Like, like what? Like, how much is riding? Like, if they if they don't win the World Series, which is hard, okay? Because here's the thing. Once you go from 162 to best of three or five or seven, yeah. a lot of crazy things can happen, okay? And it's not as much in your control anymore. You have one bad game, one bad error. What can change no. a whole series? I never put it on a team saying that they have to win the World Series. World Series a bust because of that right there. It's but so this, but hard. this one will, now casual on. fans will be different on oh, this one. I it's World Series because in a seven game series in the World Series, there's so many different things going on because. How tired is your bullpen by the time you get to the World Series? What kind of playoff run did you have? Now, for me, it's always been, like last year, the expectation was the Dodgers was like, dude, we knew that they're rebuilding. It wasn't really going to mm-hmm. be much. So them not winning last year, I was like, hey, this year, you have to win the pennant. You have to get to the World Series. That, for me, is going to be my measuring stick for the Dodgers. If they win the World Series, it's beautiful. It's amazing. It's great for the city of L.A. But yeah. you have to get there because... You, you have spent so much money. You have so many resources. You're completely different. Yeah. Are they going to start off hot right away? No, because remember, Otani's not pitching this year. Right. We don't know how many games he's going to start off in the beginning to hit with you. Yamamoto, you know, adjusting. I said it the other day. Uh, when Asian pitchers come to the United States, they always say that they have to adjust the first month because the ball is different. There's a slickness to it. They have to get used to it. They have to find new umpires. Then after that, you can start judging him. Come around May. Yamamoto's going to be good for you because they gave him all that money and he's really worth it and he's fantastic from what all the reports are. But for this Dodger team, you have to get to the World Series because yeah, I would agree it's with a that. different level. At the very least, I think that's a reasonable take. 
because everybody's going to do the thing. Well, they got to win because they have this crazy mm. payroll and Otani, blah, blah. But we've all, the people who know baseball know that that's easier said than done. Because, yeah. again, there's a lot of randomness that goes into those short series. Yeah, the series. However, mm-hmm. however, outside of Atlanta, okay, all those other teams, they're better than them on paper, I think, by a decent margin, okay? So Atlanta's the only team that I look at them and I'm like, yeah, Atlanta, you know, they are, they have close to the talent the Dodgers have. They're so but good. that's it, and they that's load up, it. and they so so to me, like you got to be better than the teams you're supposed to be better than, even in the playoffs, even with the randomness, and you got to have you're gonna have to beat one really good team in Atlanta on the way there. Your Atlanta comparison is really good because that Atlanta team is just so loaded from top to bottom. You don't know where the holes are at, right? You don't know what mistakes are going to have. And because they're young and been doing it, that's even scarier. Because when you're young and you're doing it for the first time, like, okay, they're going to find they're going to find a way to mess up. No, this seems like, no, we expect this. We're going it. And they're not scared of anybody. They're not intimidated by anybody. Alex uh, Anthropolis has done a great job building that organization. Remember when Freddie Freeman leaves? Like, oh man, what do they do? They reload and keep going. They get better. Like they keep after it. And the Dodgers right now are um, ahead of the Braves is a World Series favorite. Like, if you go to the Vegas odds, they're, they're the ones right. ahead of the Braves. So it's the Dodgers, Braves, Astros, Yankees. That's it right there. Like, yeah. that's... Like, and then yeah, you always the have Yankees a, went and got Juan Soto, and they got, you know, they added more pitching. And, so, right, they should be they should back, be back to being the Yankees this year, you would expect. Yeah. So, yeah, there are certain expectations for certain teams. And then you get a Rangers and a Diamondbacks team. You're like, wait, where did they come from? What's going on here? Like, Well, the American League is a lot like the AFC right now. Where, like, it's the better, like, AFC is the better conference in the NFL mm-hmm. right now. And the same thing for the American League versus the National League. Like, again, it's not to say that clearly the Dodgers and Braves are two of the best teams in baseball. But the depth is not there in the National League like it is in the American. No, then you have the Orioles. Heck, the Orioles are a team nobody really talks about. I mean, I, was, I mean, they, they won the division. Line. Yeah, but it's not like we're... And they're like, young and fun. Yeah. Yeah. And you're looking at them, you're like, nobody's really saying, oh, the Orioles are the team that I'm going after. Like, no, it's... The Dodgers, the Dodgers, and then the Dodgers. And then in the West, it's the Dodgers and D-backs. The D-backs are way down there. Nobody expects them to do and what the they D-backs, did last year. the D-backs surprised everyone last year, got yep. to the World Series. Mm-hmm. They were a year ahead of schedule, yep. okay? The, I, I said at the beginning of the season, they're going to be the next Baltimore Orioles. Like, they're going to be the next fun young team. And they got there a year earlier than I thought they were going to get. But they're, the Dodgers need that. That's like the perfect team. I mean, in theory, you'd rather it be like the Giants, but uh, the Giants are having their own challenges at the moment. Um, But, like, they're like the perfect team to go up against the Dodgers if, like, you like baseball because it's like the small market or smaller market young team that's cheap versus, like, the Dodgers, you know, who are the historical team, the blue blood who have, you know, these great collection of players, right? Like, they, they've they they've done the stuff with, like, the guys they've brought up. However, they've gone out and got guys, Otani and Betts yeah. and Freeman, right? They're, they're more like the Yankees in this scenario of the West, right? In yeah. that sense, where they get the big free agent. And that wasn't the case early on with Friedman, but has been the case in recent years, um, which was funny because people used to criticize him for that, for yeah. not doing it, but he's done it with the right guys, and I think it's going to work. But I love that juxtaposition of the young, scrappy team versus the team that is supposed to dominate. Yeah, you, know? you need somebody to be your foil, right? You need somebody to like that's going to be bugging you, that's going to be a little thorn in your side. Like the, the Diamondbacks can do that. Like the Padres, who knows what the Padres are going to be? It's a tough spot. The owner passing away. Yeah, like, yeah it's a very difficult situation. Seidler really wanted to win. He, he like, It's just... You don't know what's going to happen with right, that organization. Right. It, it's an, it, Guys no that didn't knows. sign. Like, nobody knows. Yeah. Nobody knows. And they're like, moving Xander Bogarts to second base, you know? Yeah. Well, listen, the guy that was playing shortstop is is like a gold glove type player. You know what I mean? Like, So I get it. Bogarts is not a plus defender. Like, he's there for his bat. I don't know. It's going to be fun to see. And the Dodgers are going to do what they always do. Run away with the West. And then we're going to get nervous. Oh, right. Then, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. October is going to be like... You've you seen that 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 meme, that 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 gif of uh, of Kermit the Frog like biting his nails? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, that's it. It's, that's, that's going to be us. It's funny for me 
Because in my group chat, the Dodger fans go back and forth, and there's a couple of us that kind of antagonize them on purpose. And, you know, we have a bunch of different crazy side bets on mounting wins and stuff like that, and it becomes like, why are you nervous? Why are you nervous? Just that little, to the hardcore Dodger fans that we have in the chat, and like, I'm not nervous. Like, hey, man, you know, you, like, just how we were talking about, like, yeah, you were saying in the beginning now, some Dodger fans or some people are wondering what are the Dodgers going to do. We're doing the same thing in our group chat. Like, hey, you know, Otani didn't take BP today. You know, just trying to stir it up. And right away, there's some people that get sensitive. Like, no, stop talking like that. Stop. We're going to be fine. Like, hey, why are you nervous? You have the best team on paper. You have the best payroll. It should be easy. Start planning the parade. Just to antagonize people. Because this is, like, perfect to go against Mace, right? And Bergman. Like, in September, we're like, hey, you know, um, they might not have home field advantage. Oh, we don't. Just getting them worked up is the funny part at this station. It's just too easy. It's just too easy about it. Like, you know, calling Cappy a, a Padre fan. It's just too easy to do it, right? But the Dodgers this year, you got to give them credit. They're going to be fun to watch. Oh, my God. They're going to be fun to, games to go to. And it's going to be a team that's just going to smoke everybody, roll over. And then I think they should get to the World Series. I think this is going to be the, the time by, like, where you're going to get there. You're going to figure they it out. To. They, they got to. They got to. I think those are reasonable expectations. And that's then if they don't, woo, the blue review is going to be a mess. The blue, if they, they if they don't do that, the blue review is going to be a mess. Yeah, I would agree with that. I I do think now, Linz, um Let me ask you this. You know, I I think that you you I know you love baseball, hence the name Lindsay Baseball. But <laughs> the is that an unreasonable take to say at, you have to at least get to the World Series? I think they have to win it. Honestly, oh wow! wow. Because, I mean, my standards go up. It's, it's just funny. so crazy. When I like, was when I was home and I was talking to some of my friends who were like hardcore baseball fans, like, so are you like a Dodgers fan now? And I was like, of course I want them to win, like of the National League teams. But if it came down to them, the Guardians, I'd root for the Guardians. But he's like, well, the Dodgers just put so much pressure yeah, on them. Yeah, it's definitely not coming down to that. <laughs> you, you never know. You never know. I mean, focus what, here, Lynch. Focus. I'm just saying that, like. He was like, they have to win. They have to win a World Series, otherwise it's a complete bust. And he well, was like, they put well, so much but, pressure I mean, on themselves. I get it. And and you you do have to win, like, a certain number. Like, I think you got to win. In the next, you know, five years, you got to win, like, three. You know what I mean? Or something like that. Um, and in, like, a 10-year span, I, I already said that if you win five, it's no doubt a complete success. And then after that, to me, it's a sliding scale. Four is, is still a success. Three... Yeah, it's success out of 10 years. Like, that's good, you know? And then below that, that's when people start to go, whoa, really? You only won two with Otani in that loaded roster mm-hmm. over 10 years, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So I think it's a sliding scale. But I think five is the, oh, my God, they hit it out of the park, pun intended. You know what I mean? Four, it's like, oh, that was really good. They did a great job. And then three's like, yeah, that was good. That's what we, that, that should be the baseline. That should be the floor. Anything under the floor, you're like, uh-oh, mm. So there is some pressure, Linz, but I don't know lot. if it's in year one. To, yeah, the World it's Series year is year one, two. Though. It's not year one. No, though. year one with Otani though. Sure, like, but you know, he, and he's he not going to pitch this year too. That's another thing. Well, what did we say the past two years? You know, like it's everyone's... a different team now, okay. though. I know it is a different team. You're right, but I just feel like it's not like we're re- you're resetting the clock on like you know th- as soon as they struggle and they have like a bad stretch, everyone's going to be like, oh, fire Dave Roberts. If he well, that's going to happen regardless. Morales, the best player in baseball. then what the hell's he doing? But that's regardless. Regardless of who the manager is, the manager is like managers and coaches in sports now, they get hired to get fired. You know what I mean? Like it's exactly. just it is what it is. Unfortunately, I think it's an unreasonable expectation because I think the GMs are more accountable uh, in a lot And of these they never cases. talk too. My goodness. Yeah, I think the GMs annoying. and the players should be held more accountable than the coaches and the managers, unless it's an obvious thing. You know what I, I mean, mean? But give me who has the computer. I want to know that. Who has the algorithm? Bring that guy up. Yeah. Or or um, lady, whoever it is. If you're in the yeah. algorithm department, I want you to talk. Oh, algorithm department. Dale. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Coming up next, speaking of algorithms, uh, let's talk about the algorithm that is uh, the Lakers and what, <laughs> what algorithm has led to some recent success. Uh, stick around. 710 ESPN. <laughs> Who came up with this song? It's on the OTDs. Oh, uh, is it? It's Depeche Mode. Oh, I know, but it's just funny to see DeAndre across the glass I from here. I asked him, I go, he, he was like playing it, and I was like, oh, who's it? He goes, Depeche? Like, he didn't know clue Depeche, yeah. 
The I'm pitcher, like, oh. he's, he's pitching for the Dodgers pretty soon. Right? <laughs> <laughs> DeAndre, you're George's young, man. It's okay. Yeah, no, but he has a big band. smile on his face, too, because he started playing it a little. He had a little shoulder move a little bit. Oh, yeah. I told it's, him George it, loves Depeche Mode. Oh, yeah. And, and Well, this song was in a commercial recently, yeah, wasn't exactly. it? Like, it was on some, someone, like a famous product, like a car or something. Recently. That's what uh, you know is good when you start. The bands that you like become part of the commercials. You're like, oh, man. Yeah. So um, it was a yesterday, actually. This day, 1982, Just Can't Get Enough was the uh, first uh, single. Depeche, uh, Depeche Mode. Mode. You, you saw US. them recently, right? Yeah. Did you see them when they came here? Oh, I saw them at Crypto. <sighs> and I saw them and I saw you two the next day at the Sphere. And let me tell you something. But you live in your best emo life. Here you go, baby. Depeche Mode. Put on a way better show. Like the their their energy was way better than U2. Nice. U2 was the last show before the Christmas break. The let me you two's fine. And I've seen them before. I've seen them in stadiums. I've seen them in arenas. They're great. But Depeche Mode to me puts oh, yeah. on an actual better show from an energy standpoint. Yeah. And the sphere is really the headliner in Vegas, not U2. Sorry. You pay for the sphere too, right? Yeah, but but that, did you get your money? Away. No, no, I'm saying, did you get your money's worth? Oh, no question. Okay. Now Depeche yeah, yeah. Mode, you got that, and then I some. just had the juxtaposition of Ooh, I, I saw Depeche Mode, where literally nobody sat down the entire concert. I saw them at, at uh, Honda Center a couple years ago. Same exact thing. Nobody, nobody sat down. Sat, yeah. Stood up the whole show, and at at U two, you know, there was honestly people didn't even start standing up until much later in the show. Um, you know, they stood up and down a few times, but not like the whole show like that. The energy was just different. The sphere is the, the star and then everything else is secondary. And I probably would say that about almost anyone. Like I know people are going to go see dead and company there and maybe fish. And those bands are great and iconic and their fans are hardcore and they love them and they tour and watch them everywhere. But the sphere will be the star with them too. Is sure. it one of those? It doesn't matter who you're watching. You're going for the sphere. 100%. Interesting. You're, you're also partial to Depeche Mode, though, I feel like, George. Yeah, but I'm I'm telling you, if Depeche Mode were at the Sphere... Oh, the, he, he would have oh, came man, back. Really he would have came over. back. No, 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 no. The Sphere, the Sphere would still be the star. Really? Yeah, the Sphere is the star. No. You it's kind of... Look, I'll give you an example. At All-Star Saturday, there's plenty of stars competing, right? Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, Sabrina Inescu... The star on Saturday was the floor. Everybody was talking ah, about the LED floor. Gotcha. Everybody. So you're going to okay? talk about that no matter what. So that's the thing. Like, So what I'm telling you is the sphere is the star in Vegas. You too. They still put on a show? They're fine. My aunt and uncle went recently. They went two weeks ago. And my aunt told me that She's like, you know, she's a pretty big fan, like that solid fan of you two. And she was like, you two sucked. Um, the sphere was amazing. Right. They were fine. And they she weren't, was, she they was like, weren't they didn't play any of other world. hits. Yeah. She was like, they were just kind of average. And they go to a lot of concerts. Yeah. And she was just they like. They were fine. Yeah. She was yeah. like, they, they, they weren't very good. Like, it was just like, whatever. But she was like, it, I had to leave. You're like, going to see the through. sphere. Yeah. Yeah. She said it was too much. She's like, I purposely didn't even drink because I didn't, you know, I didn't know oh, what to expect. I didn't either. I was completely sober. Yeah. And it was like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah, she said they had, um, like sensory rooms where overload. you go in. Yeah, and she's yeah. like they're they're on like every corridor, right? As many as the bathrooms. Yeah, I uh, I wanted I did the same thing because I knew it would be there was one um, thing that popped up on the sphere that I was starting to get motion sickness. And I'm like I got to focus on wow. the stage again. Like it was it happened one time. Yeah. So it, like yeah, there's a lot going on. The so sphere I should be paying either. advertising as much as we talk about that place on this show. Yeah, yeah, I know, but they don't need it. Like everybody's talking yeah. about it. My, but, James Dolan don't need it. He's like, but I'm with Lindsay's uh, family. Like yeah. the U two is fine. They were okay. Yeah, I saw like, U two in, uh, in no doubt at Thomas and Mac oh, in, like, no doubt. Oh, in 2000. No doubts touring again. No, it was in 2000. It was one of those where we were on a bender at the Hard Rock. So yeah. awesome. And uh, my boy Super Steve made some money. And they're like, hey, do you guys want to go see U two? We're like, we have a plane to catch. No, you don't. Stay another night. Okay. <laughs> By the way, we, when we were talking about Depeche Mode, I was thinking, remember the time we did like the Valentine's Day show and it was um like mm-hmm. you did like you and Kelly versus Cappy and Rachel? That was last year, right? Yeah, and it was they were I guess we asked a question about like a love song and Kelly said that that was like your guys' love song, the Depeche Mode song. It was such a heartwarming, cute, adorable moment. Because huh. they're in love. When, they, when she sang that, she's like, Oh yeah, that was like our song. And I was like, Oh my god, that's so adorable. She um they're they're I mean she never even knew she didn't she was like DeAndre when she met me. She didn't even know who they were. They were like she was like the Pesh what? Girl from the Valley, man. How does she not the know? Peche. This? 
the Peche Mode. The Peche, yeah. <laughs> the Mode. Oh, um, but the speaking of the girl from the valley, so she brought me dinner because I'm I'm on like East Coast time. There still, we like, go, Kelly. All right, what do we get? No, she just, like I just said, give me something simple. Like so, she made me like a chicken Caesar wrap, and I asked her, I said, do you have any chips? Like, are there any chips? She so she shows me the bag. The only chips we had were Tostitos hint of lime. Now here. Now, I'll say this. I'm normally a Juanitas or Juan Antonio's <laughs> uh, tortilla chip guy. The brands. But, the but, but, I haven't had Tostitos Hint of Lime in a really long time. Because that and little kick, right. man. Yeah, yeah. It makes you want to get a Michelin. If you haven't had them yeah. in a long time, they are good. Like, you yeah. don't even need salsa with these bad boys. Like, ah. it's just good. Yeah, they're good. Point. They're good. Yeah. Little Michelada, Jorge's ready to go. No, 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 no. I'm, the caffeine is wearing off, so <laughs> nah, I'm not doing that. Come on, I'm telling you, you got to take the ibuprofen before you have like a caffeine crash and headache comes back. Yeah, telling no, you. I'm good. Nah, he's our, our guy's good, man. He's gonna close it out. This is this is the part of the show last Friday where he was like, where I, I he I had no idea out. it was Friday. Yeah. You know yeah. what I think it is? I think it's um, you know, I the pitch mode. Well, that too. And the fact that he doesn't have Cappy ticking him off about all like, can you imagine Cappy would be like, oh, but did you get so, you got Puka Nakua followed you on Instagram. Tell me about your interactions with Dame. Oh my God. You're yeah. best friends Cappy with him. Are you flying be, on his Cappy jet with him now? Cappy would be doing, the, basically Cappy would be doing the Cappy cast interviewing yes. me about All-Star Saturday. Yep, the, the entire three hours. And you still have that headache, George. Hey, That's oh fair point, Linz. That Wait, is does, a fair point. Did Puka really follow you? Yeah. Oh, on, on Instagram, yeah, yeah, he followed me. Yeah, George like sent in our group text like a picture of him and Puka and Cappy oh, was had such no. FOMO. And then I said, Cappy, I'm not going to ask him to come back on the show. <laughs> he was so he had such FOMO. That's such dude. FOMO Puka, right there. Puka was living his best life. He okay? should be, man. Dude. He goes to Laker game, sits front row now. He's in genie well, seats. He's he, doing a great he had job. First front row seats for NBA All Star Saturday. Um, he played great in the celebrity game. He Only had a Michael dunk. Parsons played better. He had than that him. big dunk. Yeah, I mean, he lost the MVP to Micah Parsons. Like that was uh, that was basically it. But um, he was living his best life and could not have been nicer, dude. He was so cool. I talked to him for a second. He was great. Did he, he remember so coming nice on the show when he was on our show? Yeah, he no, was he so nice. Yeah. yeah, he was so nice. He's a nice dude. Like he's just a nice kid. The Rams really hit on him because. Cooper Cup is also nice, but Puka's got like a bigger... Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Personality. It's that Pacific Islander. Oh, he's yeah, He's very, sure. very loyal, and he's very friendly, and he's just, like you said, he's overall a good guy. Yeah. Good guy. Sweetheart of a dude. Um, so, Beto. Yeah. Do you know, so before, um, I don't know how much you heard of this. So, before we went to the All-Star break, for a couple weeks, Cappy and I were talking about my biggest criticism schematically of Darvin Ham was that he didn't play to the strengths of the Lakers, which is their size, in my estimation, okay? And he was very loyal to Torian Prince. So mm-hmm. w- about a week or two before the break, I just decided to look up the numbers, right? Yeah, I remember watching the... Uh, I was actually watching that show on YouTube, yeah. Yeah, so, and basically, like... The and Lakers Cappy got were, all crazy, like, how do you have the numbers and they don't? Oh, my goodness! Yeah, he did do that. <laughs> but the... Um, so basically, the Lakers were winning with Torian Prince playing 30-plus minutes or whatever it was, or 25, whatever the number was. Um, they were only winning like 39 or 38% mm-hmm. of their games, whereas when he played less than said number, um, they were winning like 60-something percent, right? And the same thing with Rui. When Rui played more than 20 minutes, they were winning like 60, high 60s, um, et cetera, and the opposite, obviously, when, when he didn't play those minutes. Mm-hmm. And they have flipped it. Basically, Rui has become the 30-plus-minute guy, 
And for the most part, Torian has become the under 30 minute guy. And it's lo and behold, it's worked. The Lakers are six and one in that stretch. We were on the Lakers post game show. I think after, remember you came on one show, you worked mm-hmm. a game. And then I think around that week, we started doing the hey, can you just let Rui play? Can you just give him some minutes? Can you right. give him opportunity back to the play to your strengths? Let guys get out there, let them cook, and figure things out. And Torian Prince, look, he, Darvin obviously has an affinity for him, knows him from his days in different teams. With Atlanta, right. Yeah, yeah. but it's not a better team with him. Torian Prince, 15 to 22 minutes, gold. Cool. Perfect. Boom. 30-plus? Yeah. No. And you see the way that players are reacting the last couple weeks when D'Angelo Russell knows he's going to do this, when Reeves knows what he's going to do, when – Rui knows what he's going to do. They're not looking over their shoulder anymore. You know, and, you know, obviously the injuries to Vanderbilt, the injuries to Max Christie, that's affecting the Lakers right now. But find the cohesiveness. Find the ability to have some kind of chemistry or allow the team to develop that kind of chemistry. That's what's helping them right now. And not playing your strengths, I don't care if you like the guy or not, it's better for the team. That's the difference within the last two weeks. That's what yeah. I like about him. Yeah, for sure. Um, Mike Trudell sent me like a cool deal uh, just now on text, um, which is each team's most productive action. So like what they do on offense that leads to the best points per possession, basically. Okay. Um, what do you think it is for the Lakers? What action? <sighs> what offensive action? I should make sure to say. Um, Anthony Davis. fast break doesn't count. Anthony Davis passing out of the point. Double team and find a you're guy who's cutting. Cl- you're close. You're close. Uh, yeah, I mean, not necessarily passing, but Anthony Davis in the post. Anything Anthony Davis in the post is the Lakers' best action on offense this season. Yeah. He's been so good with the passing because he doesn't allow teams to double team him. Right, right. And he's been by so the way, quick it, to again, finding guys. It, it's not just pass. It's like it, he can go quick, too. You know what I mean? He can get in the post and then just go. Like, not even allow the double to come to him. So... But yes, Anthony Davis in the post has been the Lakers' best action this season. Yeah. Fantastic. What do you want to know what the Clippers is? Just give Kawhi the ball. Yeah, it is ISO. <laughs> Kawhi ISO. Really? Kawhi yeah. downhill? Kawhi ISO. Although Ty Lu told me, um, and this was on the record, so it's not like I'm giving away government secrets, because um, I said it on a broadcast already. But the Kawhi the way he got that thing to work was fascinating. Basically, I mean everyone knew the first domino was Russ, right? Like yeah. Russ came to him and said, hey, I got to go to the bench, which I'll give Russ a lot of credit for, okay? Because um, when he went, got traded to the Clippers, and uh, Lindsay, you may remember this, I said, and Cappy fought me on this, I said, Ty Lu, if Ty Lu can't get him to play the role he needs to play, which is be 20 to 25 minutes on most nights, in that range, like a 25-minute player, then Russ's career may be over, like as we know it, basically. Um, yeah, and look what he did. And he did. Ty Lue got him to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Russ was the first domino to fall. Then after that, the way he runs offense, and again, it's not to say he only does this, but he basically told me, look, I got three guys that can basically do it all, right? When you look at PG, Harden, and, and Kawhi specifically yeah. in the starting lineup, there's not something that they're bad at, per se, you know, offensively. And But what he says is, I play to their strengths. So whenever I pick and roll, for the most part, I'm going to run with Harden. You know what I mean? Like, he's one of the best pick and roll players ever. Obviously. Uh, Kawhi, it's going to be isolations or post-ups, right, with Kawhi. He's my best post-up player. He's like, with PG, he goes, sometimes I'll run a little side pick and roll for him. But for the most part, it's off catch and shoot. It's off pin downs and things of that nature. And I like that. I like that he's got kind of those guys feeling like, hey, this is your go-to thing. Like, when we need you, when we need this, you're going to be the so guy. So set him right? up to succeed. Correct. Isn't that when what your coach is supposed to be doing? When we need a pick and roll, James is going to be in your hands. You figure it out, okay? When we need a big shot, we need a three, Paul, I'm coming off a screen for you, right? Like, you got to be ready. Yes. Uh, when we need a buck, when we just need a bucket to, like, you know, kind of slow things down or punish people, Kawhi, it's going to you. You know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, Ty Lu, man, that dude is such a great coach. Like, I don't think he gets enough credit for how good he is. Like, I have him in, like, my top three, to be honest with you right top now. Top three? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Like, yeah. ever or just current? No, no, current. Right now in the league. Current. Yeah. I have so you Spo. Got Spo and Pat Riot. No, no, no Spo currently. Currently, yeah. So, and then after that, 
Wow. I think it's Ty. Like I would take Ty number two, and then you can Ty number two. Wow! Yeah. And you can fight me for number three on like Steve Kerr, Nick Nurse, or something. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better with the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country. There's no competition. Right now, get five dollars off any eight corner pizza with code Eight Save. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Like that. Even though Kerr has what he has. No, but I'm just talking about like X, like the stuff that goes into the coaching, the coaching. About X's that. and O's, yeah. all that stuff. I would say, yeah, Steve is like third on that list. Yeah, and I Pop? think Ty and Spo are like freaking savants, man. And Popovich? Like, even though Steve played, like I think those dudes are just like, they're on a different level to me. Um, despite Steve's incredible acumen, that's not a knock on him. Uh, by the way, there's a reason Steve Kerr, when he became Team USA, the head coach, the two assistants, the two lead assistants are Ty and Spo. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's not it's not a coincidence that that's the case. This is just coaching X's and O's for get results. Just what the... Look, to me, there's no better coaches in in-game adjustments and game, there? and game-to-game adjustments in the playoffs right now, in the year of the Lord, 2024, oh, than man. Eric Spolster and Ty Lue, in my estimation. See, Spo, I'm not going to argue with because he's been there, done that, and he's proven well, it so over did Ty. And over. I mean, now, Ty, listen, now, with, with Ty team. did not have the better team when he won in Cleveland. He did not have no, the I'm better about, team. Obviously, we're going to put everything at the championships, right? Like, what, what are you going to do with them? No, but I'm, I'm just saying, like. Just right now. Ty Lue coached, uh, he, he coached a better series than Steve Kerr. Not to say Steve Kerr scored a ba- uh, coached a bad series, but Ty was exceptional when they won I mean, the forgive me, I'm not really paying attention much to that Cleveland series, like. I wasn't really caring, you know. Clearly. No, I get it, but I, I, this is I'm, for you. I'm telling you, like, yeah. you know what I mean. Like, I, I mean, I like what the I Clippers don't just willy-nilly really say stuff like that. No, no. You know, like, I, I, last year, remember before I was doing the Lakers post game, I was going to Clipper games all the time because they were fun to do. I would get really. Ty is an excellent coach. Oh, I, I'm. <laughs> believe me, I see some of the tweets I get about coaching. Uh, yeah, Ty Lue is one of those, like the one that got away for Laker fans. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yeah, um, you have him top two. That's a, that's interesting. He's in my top. I would have said if you on the Sedano coaches power rankings for twenty twenty. I would have had him top five. Not top I got two. Spo and I got Ty number two, wow. and then like you know, Kerr and wow. Nurse will fight for three. So no Pop anywhere, huh? I mean, Pop's still a great coach, but I mean, but he's not in your power. It's rankings. hard to evaluate Pop at this stage when he's got like the youngest team by a long shot in the NBA. I mean, there's no veterans on that team. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's all young guys. And then Kerr has all old guys. <laughs> right. Like the, the biggest the vet, the vet that they have in San Antonio is Zach Collins. I, again, I'm not listening to Spurs talk, so I have no idea. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like he's he's not that old, you know? He's so like 26, maybe 27. I don't know, but yeah. he's not that old. He's not, I don't think he's 30. Like, no, that's for no sure. there's nobody 30 on that team. And you, every team, 26, every yeah. team needs I don't care who you are, but especially a young team needs like those old heads on the team. A couple of them. Yeah. Every radio station does too. Can't wait to yeah. be the old head. Like, no! Take the best uh, mode. Yeah. I mean, we're, I'm not there yet, but eventually one day I will be there. <laughs> no, you'll um, be long gone. You ain't doing this much longer. Get um, you out of here. So Brian Kamenetsky just texted me. And we can... Here, here's this. We'll go two more minutes here. Okay. More inexplicable damage, damaging decision for the Lakers. Trading for Russ or not paying Ty Lu. I'll take your answer off the air. Thanks. Long time, first time. Um, make sure you listen to the YouTube it, component. It, it, it is Russ because the players still win in this yes. league. Like coaching helps. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. And and coaching can be the difference in the playoffs. Um, but the but players I, I don't, play. I still think it's Russ. But I don't think that the. T- I don't think Russ is like up here, and Ty is like like if Russ is number one on the list. I don't think Ty would be like number seven on the list. Like it'd be in that top three. One of the biggest problems the Lakers have had is the lack of coaching consistency. Coaches come in and leave. In, Correct. Out. In, yeah. out. Correct. Ty Lue would have been the one who can like, all right, so, demand so, the respect and also yeah. you know he's going to be here for a while. Right. If Russ is clearly that, that set them back in a different way because the roster makeup changed in a big, big way, 
that is clearly number one in my estimation. And yeah. again, it's just it was bad for everyone involved. You know, it just didn't work out. Um, Thanks, but, Brian, for listening. We love you. Appreciate you. <laughs> but the Ty Lue thing is not is up there. Number I mean, two, I, huh? I'm going to have to pay more the, attention. I can make the argument that Ty Lue, Lakers not hiring Ty Lue is in the top three of things that went wrong for uh, them. Especially in the last few years, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I can make that case. So thank you, Brian, in L.A. on a mobile. <laughs> on a, a mobile, mobile. <laughs> yeah. rich boy on a mobile phone. Remember Whoa, that one? The, Brian uh, in LA on a mobile. What was her name? Nancy, um, the fabulous sports babe. Remember she used to fabulous say? sports babe. Yeah. Wow, rich boy on a car phone. <laughs> deep, deep pool. Yeah. Deep, deep. Uh, pool. All right, coming up next, we go deep, deep on big deal or no deal. Next, but Beto, first tell them about uh, Sorry, your price picks. If, pick if you're watching the YouTube, you just saw me get all excited because I got money, price pick, action. DeAndre and I actually do on hockey. So before we started the show today, I'll DeAndre, we need something to get us excited for the, the show. I'm not working. So Donna work is fantastic. But so we took something in tennis. That didn't work out for us. We took something in college basketball. It didn't work out for us. But right now, we're all over the NHL. DeAndre, we're going to go eat, baby. I got you. So price picks. You know what you need to do? Sign up. Use the code CAPPY, K-A-P-P-Y, K-A-P-P-Y. You will get your first 100 match. That's right. Deposit 100, they'll match you up to 100. Price picks with the code K-A-P-P-Y. They'll hook you up, take care of you. I do it every single day. I wake up, I see what's going on, get to work, see what's going on, game's going on. Price picks is changing the way I'm watching daily fantasy. Once again, the code CAPPY, K-A-P-P-Y. Price picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Thanks, Christopher. Lindsay, you take it away. Thanks, Adano. All right, so uh, the 2024 NBA All-Star Game saw records shattered as the league's best gathered in Indy. Um, and it was basically more of like a Harlem Globetrotters tryout than an actual basketball game. <laughs> wow. And, uh, you know, you had a lot of current and former players that were Damn. criticizing the way that the games played. And I feel like rightfully so. There's like zero effort on defense. I, I don't know. We can expound on that. But... Larry Bird looked miserable. He did. I feel like a lot of people did. Um, So bring it back to today. And Sham Sharania, NBA insider, um, made a suggestion that they could probably take into account to make the NBA All-Star game more interesting for both the players and the fans. He suggested that you could go with the baseball model where the East versus West uh, winner getting home court advantage in the finals. He said, I think guys would play hard for home court advantage because, again, that's what they used to do in Major League Baseball. Winner of the All-Star game, that team, uh, National League, American League, would get home field advantage in the World Series. So do you think that this suggestion is a big deal or no deal, George? Um, I think it's a big deal, but I wouldn't do it. Didn't people? I remember people hating that with baseball. Yeah, I do yeah. too because everyone's like, oh, this isn't a real game. It shouldn't count. But... If you're one of the top teams, doesn't that give you a little bit more incentive to actually participate? Yeah, but what if you're one of the top teams and doesn't have enough representatives? You know what I mean? Like, um, OKC only had one player, is Shea, and that's it, you know? So, I don't know. I, I just don't love it. I don't think it... I, I didn't love it for baseball, and, and I, I know people didn't love it initially, at least. Um, I don't love that for basketball. There's got to be a better solution. Just do the money, man. Yeah, just pay them. Simple as that. We're all just motivated by money. money. I don't. There's a lot of sponsors, okay? Just take it off the top and just do it. Yeah. It worked for the in-season tournament. It did. Like, those guys play. Those teams were playing hard, not only in Vegas, but leading up to Vegas, too. In December. Um, Linz, I don't get it because what's the advantage in NBA for having home court advantage? Is it really a big one? I feel like it is. I just. George, do you? Um, I think so, but I'd have to playoffs. look at the numbers. I think in the playoffs it is. Uh, I would say. It's more so now, Beto, than it was maybe back in the day when it was, remember, 2-3-2? Two, two? Like, that was not an advantage, I thought, for the home team. Right. Yeah. When it was 2-3-2. Two, now three, it's 2-3-1-1, two, three, one, 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 right? So. Right, right. When it was 2-3-2, two, two, I felt like the home team was actually at a disadvantage, you know? Yeah, because of that travel. Um, yeah, plus three games in a row at home for the visiting team, you know, for the— right. Yeah, that that's a tough one right there. I'd rather be in the middle. Yeah. Well, how much— But they do 2-2-2-1, two, 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 so let me see. Hold on. NBA champions— Didn't matter for Cleveland, just saying. NBA yeah, it used to be two three two. Now it's one one one. Didn't. 
See, imagine you have home court advantage. Cleveland! Home this court. is for you! That's three of those things. Yeah, like if you're Miami, are you really having home court advantage all the time? No, I mean, people, they people went from the AT to the, the finals, you know what I mean? Yeah, so people I don't mean, even show up, so I don't I think it depends <laughs> on the team. Don't you just like you were saying about baseball? And, like Now, if you're you Boston, know? yeah, that's a different kind of home court advantage. Sure. Listen, no. See, how important is... Um, I just, I guess with baseball, we always figure it out. We always like, oh man, that's for you. Especially football, that's you know, huge, but... We gotta ask the SIG Slack channel. The what? The Sig Slack yeah, channel. The Sports and Information Group. Oh, I was like, who's that? Who did he play for? <laughs> so, I mean, how much do guys get now? Like, don't you? I mean, players have an, an incentive Go. now, right, to, to make the All Star team, don't they? NBA players. I don't know. I don't think it's a lot. To yeah, it's in their college. It's not too much. Okay. Um. Yeah. So, what happened with you and D? <laughs> something else. We gonna sizzler. We gonna sizzler. We gonna sizzler. What Heck happened? yeah. Popeye Jones' kid played uh, more than 27 minutes. That's right. So we, we took him. Seth Jones, you know Popeye Jones? Yeah, I do. Uh, he plays for Chicago, so he played uh, Wait, his 31 minutes. Wait, Popeye? What a great nickname. Popeye Jones? You never heard of Popeye you Jones? You know Popeye Jones? Nope. I don't yeah, know Popeye Jones. He was in the NBA for a long time. He's an assi- he was assistant with Denver. Popeye Jones was a baller, man. But his yeah. kid played uh, over the, the, money, the, the amount of minutes we needed in prize picks, so that hooked us up. We took... Uh, one of his oh, teammates. Oh, I know who he yeah. is now that DeAndre. Yeah, so DeAndre, we going to Sizzler. Does he know Bluto? Sizzler. All right, what's next? <laughs> All right, so... Um, Sorry. <laughs> oh, so this is an interesting one. According to data from Zillow, the average rent price in the U.S. was $1,958 in January 2024, making rent about 30% more expensive than before the pandemic. So one TikToker recently did some math, and he discovered that spending a month at an all-inclusive resort or living on a cruise ship is actually, in most cases, or at least in his case, um, less expensive than the cost of living in an apartment. Well, Crazy. In, in his case, Seattle. So he broke down his monthly spending on rent, groceries, utilities, going out, car expenses, and more. And he discovered that his $4,000 a month is comparable, or in some cases, more than many popular all-inclusive resorts in Mexico, Jamaica, and the Dominican Republic. So I feel like that's kind of a big deal. Let's say that you're single, maybe a little younger, and you worked remotely. Would you ever consider doing something like this for a period of time? Yes. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking about it myself. (laughs) Like, if I were ever working remotely, like right now, I would totally do this. Well, I mean, there's a lot of those Instagram accounts where, like, uh, people living in Mexico that are living, and they're showing you how... You can do it. How uh, you can save a bunch of money, and that's part of the problem. Why Mexico City is having a lot of issues with Americans that are moving there, and there's people that are taking over different neighborhoods, and there's people moving to like Costa well, no, no, Rica. We're talking about specifically no. the all-inclusive yeah, resorts it, where you don't have to you don't have to do your laundry, you don't have to clean up after yourself, you don't have to cook your dinner. Everything's included. Everything. Yes. You don't you don't have to drive a car. You don't have to own a car. You don't have to go to the grocery store. I mean, you've been to all-inclusive resorts, yeah, right? Have, like, a no, not really. I've been. <laughs> you go, you go there, and you everything's taken care of, like your alcohol, your food, your housekeeping, literally everything, and you never even have to leave the resort. Obviously, that would get old after a while, but let's say you did it for like two, three months, and it's and it's cheaper than what you're paying for all your rent, and utilities, and stuff now. And so you you're telling me I can just live there? But you'd have to leave your your you just, lease and and go somewhere for well, those three months, and then sign a new sure, lease when you get you, back. Sure. Let's say, but let's say you did it. You it worked out to where like your lease just ended, like my lease just ended. What if you know right. you go do that? No, for, no, like, I two, got three you. Months. Yes, in that yeah, you could have would... so much freedom as far as like no responsibilities, right? Not really care that you're not going to see your family. You're just doing your own thing, and you're by yourself. Well, I mean, again, it'd be you know like say like a month or two, you know, not permanently. I, I mean, think that's that's. I mean, I tell everybody, cool. get out of your own comfort zone. If you can leave for a little bit, go for it before you grow yeah. up and become an adult. See what the rest of the world looks like. I've lived in three different corners of the world now. Yeah, you know that's why I, mean? I told like, my kid, go to the East Coast for college. You can always come home, but like I've never seen snow. Like I've never had a shovel snow or anything like that. He's overrated, dog. Well, I I don't need to, but I wanted my I, kid. To, this, I wanted I, my I, kid to learn about when it. When I got in the car this morning at four thirty or four in the morning or whatever it was, I had to scrape ice off the windshield. I Did, forgot. What never that done like. that, nor do I want to. But I want to make sure my kid knows that struggle. I almost <laughs> fell and broke my neck on on some ice because the worst is when it snows and then it starts to melt, but then it gets cold again and everything freezes again. And, oh, when people are like, "Oh, you guys are soft to California. It's fifty and you have a beanie on. Heck yeah, it's cold." Yeah. You're right. Exactly. All right. What's next, Liz? All right. Last one here. Conor McGregor's return looks more doubtful by the day. Last week, uh, UFC CEO Dana White told Pat McAfee that he was hoping to finalize McGregor versus Michael Chandler for the fall. You know, this was like a year after the fight was first teased. Well, after Saturday night's UFC 298 event, 
Dana White told reporters he wasn't sure when McGregor would return because McGregor's very rich and money complicates things. So if Conor <laughs> McGregor never fights in the UFC ever again, would that be a big deal or no deal? Beto, you go first. No deal. I mean, I haven't really thought about him fighting in a while. He's more of a character than anything else. That's the kind Agreed. of guy I expect to see like in WWE. Um, I haven't really had any kind of desire to see him fight at all. Wait, wait, my yeah, favorite I, McGregor I, line. I thought, I thought he Yo, was going to fight. Your wife is in me DMs, hey baby! I thought one. he was going to fight since he was on the contender, not the contender. What's their what are they, what is their series called? Ultimate Fighter. Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought he was going to do that because he was the coach, but I guess he's just not ready yet. And honestly, he didn't look that great even the last few he times. Was, no. The last three fights, he was awful. Like yeah, he, he had the, the record broken so, against. That him for goes the to show loss. you're a character. And you have charisma. You could sell. People want to watch. And I was there when he broke when they broke his leg. Like when his leg. Well, he broke his leg. Oh, that like, stab. <sighs> yeah, I was there. Um, <sighs> It was in July at the at the T-Mobile, um, and I was in the house for that. So it when was when you were hanging out with Stephen A. in the white suit. He was in the white suit. Stephen <laughs> A. was in the white suit, and Ryan Clark and his wife, his lovely wife, were sitting next to me. You lived um, a good life, man. You see, Kellerman good was there too. Dude, Kellerman yeah. was in the suite. You, you have a lot of fun, George. Yeah, you I'm do. envious of your life. Um, you know, I have a pretty good life. It's so yeah. funny um, that you mentioned that because. Sam Amick, uh, I ran into him. He, we've had him on the show before. Love Sam. Yep. NBA guy, NBA insider for The Athletic. I ran into him, and I've been doing, uh, you know, every once in a while, Windhorse will have me on his podcast, and they've been putting it on TV now. It's on ESPN2, so we do it on like a Zoom, um, and they just post it on TV, which I'm sure Cappy, if he sees that, will have the biggest FOMO. Oh, He's yeah. like, why can't our show be on ESPN2 <laughs> at some point? Um, and it's because... <laughs> We're not a national show, Cappy. Like, you think you're barely four to seven. You right. get preempted so much. I know, exactly. Um, so I guess my um, the first time I did it, it was in my office, which you guys have seen has all these mixed tiles behind me with all these different pictures, right? Um, so Sam Amick came to me. He's like, dude, I really like the room that you did the podcast out of. I saw it on TV. I said, yeah, I explained to him, my wife, the mixed tiles, whatever. She says I should document my life more because, you know, we do cool stuff for a living. And, uh, and Rachel Nichols was with him. And I said, yeah, one of the pictures behind me is me and Rachel Nichols back at Summer League. And, uh, you know, so, like, there's a lot of pictures of a lot of the different people that I've worked with. Uh, you know, I mentioned Trudeau earlier. Miklo's here. I don't have a picture with you, Beto, though. I don't know why that's not the case. Because uh, we're busy working, man. Yeah. And Cappy has FOMO because, to Lindsay's point, because he's not on here. Oh, I'm going to make Oh, you don't have tile. Cappy on your wall? Yeah, we need a mix No, but tile I have now. Trudell, which is funnier, oh, I think, that way. You should put a picture of all your radio partners up there. And not yeah. Kaplan. We should take a picture when Cap's off one day, like us and, and like oh. and George. <laughs> yeah, because that that one set him off a little. Like Chris had some fun with that. He's like, "Oh, you got Trudell up there." Yeah. <laughs> put JT the brick. It was me put and I'll tell you what. I'm looking at the picture of Trudell right now. It's me and Trudell at Anthony Davis's return game to New Orleans. Oh man. I was on for ESPN, and he was obviously there for Spectrum. So Do you have one with an LZ? Um, <laughs> let me see. Do I have one with LZ? Hold on, let me look around. We need to like stage one and, yeah. and put it on there and like see how long it takes for him. Oh, to you notice. know what? There isn't, but there was a mixed tile. I don't know where it is. Why it's not on Dude. the wall? I maybe it's. Oh, you know what? The adhesive didn't work. Yeah. There was a um, one of me, Key, and LZ. Yes. When we were hosting the red carpet at the ESPYS one year. That's what you got to do. Every show that you you do it from home, you got to start putting a different picture behind. Yeah, you. I got like Woody Page I, the style. Is, the, I got to buy adhesive because the adhesive it came with didn't work. No, no, just change the picture out. Like a, one of those frames that changes the picture. Every, you know, like oh, the digital ones, funny. and just have in the back Woody Page style or something different. See how long before Cappy catches on. <laughs> so anyway, um, I put yeah. one of the Cappy cast people in the back. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, we got a break. We got de <laughs> dealer's choice, Beto's choice. Oh, I got to figure next. something out. <laughs> All right, final segment of the show. I already had dinner, which is kind of crazy. All right, I'm about to go have dinner. All right, there. Good for you. Yeah. And uh, great return to the show, Lindsay. Beto, you are excellent as always. Thank you. Cash money. We're educating you today, but you educate us as well. So thank you for the time. Circle, shout out to you. Now let's kick this last segment. Bam! A little Bob Seger. All right, so here's what I got for Wait, you. You stepped on it. You stepped oh. on it. You got to let it breathe for a second. Yeah, nice. Like, yeah, there goes Chris what are you, there. <laughs> yeah, you got to let it breathe for like 10 seconds and then you can oh, go. I'm I, I just waiting for you, Linz. You got it right, right to the second, you know? Bam! Nice That's how you get the post. It's different when Christopher is in here. Oh, man. He lets us breathe. Oh, um, yeah, I did that on purpose, Linz. Don't worry. <laughs> so, dear George, I need to talk to you about this. Mm. So, 
you guys know I'm not the biggest music guy. I don't go to concerts unless it's like something I really, really like. But there's some things that I've been thinking about lately. So I saw that there was a uh, commercial for Guns N' Roses is coming. They're going on tour, right? Again? Whatever. I've never seen them, right? So, you know, there's certain bands that you feel like, "Ah, I should go do that. So, not that I'm antisocial. I just don't like going to crowds with stupid people. And you get that a lot at concerts. So, I was having this conversation with my daughter because I've never taken her to a concert that would be appropriate for everybody. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was like, you know what? We're going to go see Guns N' Roses when they come. And she was actually down with it. You know, because in the ride to school in the morning, I always try to play different kind of music, whether it's Celia, whether it's like reggaeton, whether it's, uh, it's English, whatever it is. You know, I usually have the classic vinyl going on. So yesterday on our way to our soccer game in Norco, which is a good hour, you know, um, she heard Mark Anthony. She heard some CCR. She heard a bunch of different things. And I heard, I'm like, you know what? We got to go see that. So Now, have you ever seen Guns N' Roses and taking a 14-year-old kid? Is that cool or am I forcing I have things? never seen Guns N' Roses. Um, although I love, I mean, if you read their book, um, Slash talks about at their peak, they would go to, um, let's just say they would go to Latin American countries. Oh, and of course. They, they'd be greeted with um, of course. Some, some of the finest drugs in uh, all of the yep. world. Whatever you want. <laughs> in their, in, in their, in their uh, dressing like, room. Like, why do they go to South America for two weeks? <laughs> but that's what um, I've been thinking. Like, I need to yeah. do stuff like that. No, but do it. Kids. If she wants to do it, that's a cool experience. Well, I totally do. She be. wasn't really like, oh my God, I want to do it, Dad, because she's not a big music But it's not person. like Guns N' Roses. I mean, she's old enough. She's yeah. heard bad words. It's not like- Oh, yeah, yeah. Talk. I don't care about that. They them. don't have like lyrics with bad words. There's no, I don't way... even care about the bad words, because she hears enough on the show. I think there's uh, way better concerts. One of my friends is like, I love Guns N' Roses, and I went through like a huge Guns N' Roses phase in yeah. like eighth, ninth grade when they disappeared. Um, but one of my friends is like hardcore fan. He's he saw them both times when they were here at SoFi, like two nights in a row. Saw them both times. Seen them in Vegas. He's seen them all over the country. And they're, I guess they're really really ask Mason. They're pretty bad. Like Axl Rose really can't yeah, sing I, anymore. Yeah, yeah, but I don't care because like, like and it's I'm not a, a good show. Like I'm not gonna go take her to see Bruce Springsteen. Okay, because well, like you're she's not a baseball not writer. So. Exactly. But I kind of been thinking like maybe I should go see like a Bruce. Like there's certain people I you think know what? I need to go I, see. I, my wife and I, I, I only went because she wanted to go, but I had a blast. Like, I had zero expectations of this concert. Elton John. I, I see, I would go do that. I would go do and that. And he was amazing. Like, it was awesome. Yeah. And you, you forget how many so Elton John songs you know, because clearly he's been around forever. So, yeah. All, All right. right, we're done here. All right. Excellent work, Beto, All Lindsay, Dcash Money. What's up next after us? Is it Slee? Uh, no, no, no Slee, because also our break. We got oh, ESPN yeah, yeah, Radio. Yeah. Slee on the break. We got ESPN <laughs> Radio coming up.